0: Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Cosmic Navigator Show. I think we are in number 24 of our um, second season, third season. I don't even uh, follow up. Anyway, uh, thanks for making it. Today we actually have quite an interesting uh, time, uh, this week at least. We have the beginning of uh, the major events that we have in March. March is a very, very busy month this year. We have Mar Saturn moving in the in a few days. What is it? Four days. Two days. Sorry. Two days from now, right on the full moon. We're gonna have Saturn completing his journey in Aquarius and beginning his journey in Pisces. Uh, That's going to happen March 7. Saturn is going to move for three years until February 13, just one day before Valentine's of 2026. If we make it there, uh, it's going to stay in Pisces before it moves on Valentine's of 2026, February 14, into Aries, beginning a whole new cycle of Saturn. So what's happening with um, Saturn... The Lord Karma, we're going to talk about it today quite a lot. Uh, What's happening with him is that he takes 29 and a half or so years to go around the sun. Every 29 years and a half, he comes back to... Aries, and when he's in Aries, he's beginning a new path. He's, he's starting to fix or um, rectify, according to Kabbalah, our identity. That's going to start happening in 2026. For that to happen, now he needs to spend three years in Pisces, and Pisces represents the last sign. Therefore, everything that Saturn has to deal with, everything that is left karmically unanswered for, all the actions without the reactions, all the reactions without the actions, need to be taken care of in the next three years so what it tells us audio issue i have audio issues really Uh, you guys can't hear and i'm seeing here that it's not muted um anybody has other audio is okay so hopefully um that's good okay audio is fine so Saturn in Pisces needs to—whatever needs to be uh, rectified or whatever needs to be fixed in our inside of us, outside of us, in our personal life, in our social lives, in politics, in uh, nature, everything needs to be done in the next three years because when Saturn moves to Aries— It's not going to be able to take some of these issues into Aries, into the new cycle. So this is now the last three years where we have to bring our spiritual vacuum cleaners, check to see what's under the carpet, what's in our subconscious, what's located in our shadow, uh, what's some kind of karmic things we still carry on with us. Because Saturn moving into Aries, Aries is not going to deal with any of the stuff that you've been accumulated for the last 30 years. So it's literally a very important period of Saturn's journey in um, Pisces as it is kind of like recycling the, uh, like the recycle bean. You know, it's basically trashing everything, all the files that we have there, that we have accumulated for the last 30 years. So from March 7, this is starting. And also in March twenty third, as we talked before, Pluto is going to move into Aquarius, while Saturn is moving out of Aquarius in a few days. In a few weeks, Pluto is moving into Aquarius and he's going to stay there not for three years, but for 20 years. So we're definitely seeing a lot of movement right now between Pisces and Aquarius because of the transition of Saturn from Aquarius into Pisces and also the transition of um, Pluto from from, um, Aquarius into Pisces. What did I say? Pluto from um, um, Aquarius into Pisces, and Pluto, sorry, Pluto from uh, Capricorn moving into Aquarius, where it's been for the last time, and Saturn from Aquarius into Pisces. And Aquarius into Pisces is also extremely important because uh, we're basically weaving together these two ages in a sense so as saturn is now moving from the age of aquarius into pisces we're moving from the age of pisces to aquarius it's kind of like going against the current and i'm going to send with the recording of tonight's uh episode i'm going to send you also a whole detailed explanation of saturn in pisces in the different signs we're going to go over it a little bit today but at least you're going to have it uh, out there uh, in your emails so check it out and if you are on instagram you can just uh Link into my Zoom and then you'll get the email or some of you guys are on my email list anyway. So let's start with um, seeing what's going on this week. Also, I don't know, some of you probably know that uh, today, uh, actually starting today. Yeah, today, tomorrow is um, we're starting with Purim, which is an interesting uh, celebration. Where is that? Yeah. If that is happening today, tomorrow tomorrow. It's always happening on the full moon. So what is this? This is not the right. Um, let me get on the files. Yeah, not this one, this one. So uh, we'll talk about Purim in a second. So overall, today, March 5th, uh, let's see what's going on. We have the moon in Leo. Uh, remember, we talked about uh, last week that the moon is going to be in Leo Uh, today, Today is March 5th. It's a Sunday, right? We're coming closer and closer to the full moon, but not quite. And today is an interesting day. Whenever we are in Pisces and Leo combination, it's always interesting because the moon in Leo means that our instinct is to roar, to make sound. But we are during uh, the month of Pisces. We have Mercury, the communicator in Pisces, the sun in Pisces, Neptune in Pisces. And Pisces is a mute sign. It doesn't like to make too much sounds. You know, you can hit a fish as much as you want. It's not going to make any sound. So you have a combination of wanting to be sp- to speak and wanting to be si- silent, mute and roaring at the same time. Now, the conjunction we talked about last week, very, very crucial because March is a month with a lot of conjunction. Conjunction just means intensity, and we're still in that intensity mode. I don't know if you guys noticed in the sky, if you saw Jupiter and Venus conjunct, it was kind of strong. Uh, We here had a hard time watching it because it's still raining here in Los Angeles, but um, maybe you live in places that you can... Not so much light pollution and you can see the planet. So Jupiter and Venus, the great planets that always help us are coming together to help us even more. And it's definitely something we need. We have Vesta conjunct Jupiter today. Jupiter conjunct Chiron and Chiron conjunct Venus. Basically, from 11 degrees Aries to 16 degrees Aries, we have four heavenly bodies kind of cramped together. Two planets, two asteroids. So it is a time of a lot of new beginning because this is an Aries mode. Uh, we Oops. I just moved myself. Um, I'm moving back with my leg. Yeah. So we have four planets or four heavenly body stories coming together right now in Aries. It's almost the end of the conjunction. So you're going to feel it less and less this week. And what we have uh, this week that um, is a little bit more difficult is Mars's square to Neptune. And. Basically, you can override the difficulty by listening to your intuition because Neptune in Pisces is extremely intuitive. It's extremely connected to um, imagination, to uh, channeling, to being able to see things, even if you see things from inside. And Mars is all about action because it's Pisces-Gemini. We're talking about two communicative signs, Pisces' communication between the above and the below, Mars communi- Gemini's communication between people, between us, more vertical, communi- horizontal communication. So what we have is a square between Neptune and Mars, which can cause challenges it can cause illusions deceptions it can cause mishaps uh, just because you're doing something but because Neptune is in Pisces squaring you're not paying attention or you are not focused on it or you're daydreaming or you're kind of high on something so it can cause a little bit more difficult the same way that we're not supposed to be driving which is action when we're intoxicated by alcohol which is Pisces Um, what happened this week this week we're all driving drunk you know so there is no designated drivers so just be a little bit more aware of that it also could mean that the immune system is a little bit more down uh, some of us feel sick or some of us feel a little bit more uh, depleted of energy that totally makes sense if you're feeling whatever is the affliction that you usually have let's say how you react to situations that are difficult because you know sometimes when planets are not going very well it's as if um our immune system is a little bit more down. So even things that before didn't bother us maybe are starting to bother us because the planets are not giving us that security, that that immunity in a sense. So we have Neptune squaring Mars this week, which is lowers our immune system, lowers our inner immune system, but also our, let's say, aura immune system by... We by by which I mean that we are not as protective against certain mishaps as usual. So just pay attention because we are during we are dealing with Pisces energy and Pisces is going to be enhanced in two days when Saturn is moving into Pisces. So we're going to have this next few weeks. We're going to have Mercury in uh, Pisces, Saturn in Pisces, the Sun in Pisces, Neptune in Pisces. It's quite a lot of Piscean energy. So between Pisces and Aries, we're going to have almost 60% of the chart. That begin that means, basically means that the beginning of the end of the zodiac is occupying 60% of our attention. There's going to be a lot of new beginnings and a lot of closing, a lot of leads, but also a lot of need to close things or to closure. So that's going to be guiding us this next week. But the most important, are, uh, let's say, aspects of this week is definitely the Mars-Neptune uh, square, which is, again, not that comfortable. It feels like a constant itch, in a sense. And uh, the other thing that's happening this week is the Jupiter conjunct Chiron which is still about to happen. Um, Jupiter is going to move closer and closer to Chiron creating the perfect conjunction so yes we have some issues in the immune system but we also have jupiter the giver of gifts on top of kiron the healer the surgeon in a sense so we have the way to heal it it also could mean that some kind of insecurities are coming up especially about our identity our path how much recognition we get uh, are people listening to us how am i as a leader how am i as a leader of my own life all of that is really happening this next week and of course, the biggest transit this week is Saturn moving away from Pisces, where I remind you, it started off right at the beginning of the pandemic. That means that we have now three years from the beginning of the lockdowns. And that's precisely that Saturn uh, passage in Aquarius. And you see Saturn is 29 degrees, 45 uh, minutes. So that means just a little bit longer. And Saturn is moving a sign and he's going to move it a sign right on the full moon. So that's kind of a... Interesting message. It's an end of a certain period, and um, we have now, and maybe because Saturn is moving to the last sign for the next three years, it's representing that thing I told you about a completion of a cycle of having to rid ourselves of things that we don't want to bring into our life in 2026. Uh, What's happening tomorrow? Tomorrow the moon moves into Virgo. It needs to move into Virgo if it wants to be a full moon by March 7. So March 6 and 7 represents the full moon and the full moon is going to be in Virgo. It's the opposite full moon of the um, harvest full moon. So remember that we talked about harvest full moon that usually happens around August. End of August is a very, very powerful time because the moon is really strong. It's very close to the equinox and it is a moon of harvesting things. Right now, we're dealing with the opposite full moon of the harvest full moon. It's the last full moon of the year, of the astrological year, because the next new moon is already going to be on the equinox, which is the... astrological new year. So that represents March 6, uh, this year is the end, or March 6 and 7, sorry, is the last full moon of the year. It represents the end of things. So again, not only we are moving with Saturn into the last sign ending the cycle of Saturn, but also we are at the full moon of the winter, the end of uh, this astrological year that started on March 21st of 2022. So it is interesting. Moon in Virgo tomorrow is a great time for a cleanse, for cl- for uh, a cleanup. You know, you want to start your spring clean. That's great time to do that. It's actually an interesting full moon. We'll talk about it in a second when we get to um, a Tuesday, which is the actual full moon time. Uh, because we have that transition of Saturn on that same day. So whatever happens on the full moon is magnified much more so whatever aspect is happening is becoming more serious and what's happening right on march 7 is that conjunction of jupiter and chiron we talked about and the transition of saturn into pisces and the full moon in virgo so there's a lot of activity march 6 and 7 this week is definitely very loaded of energy so because we have also that square between mars and neptune just try to take your time a little bit more. We're talking about Pisces. Pisces can be a little bit more slow, meditative. So this is a great week to uh, use this conjunction to connect to yourself, to conjunct to yourself in a sense, to yoke yourself to you. Uh, So I would recommend doing longer meditations to really focus on maybe um, guided meditation. Creative visualization could work really well this week. So just try as much as you can to sit tight uh, and to be patient. So if we're looking on Monday, we have the moon in Virgo, great for work, great for completing things. So, you know, we always talked about when to start, when to start. Yeah, but also it's important to know when to end. So this week is a great time to end things. And especially on Monday and Tuesday, Monday is the day of the moon. It's very close to a full moon. And the moon, again, being in Virgo, is an end of certain health issue or it could be an end of... uh, Um, something with work, something that you've been um, uh, organizing. So, again, anything to do with Virgo, and Virgo is about work, diet, health, routine, schedule, co-workers, employees, service – how you serve your body, how you serve other people, how other people serve you. There is some kind of a completion of a pattern or completion of a cycle around a Monday and Tuesday. There's beautiful trines between Minerva, the goddess of wisdom, and the sun, and the south node. It's still going on from last week, which is a trine. Trine is always the mountain of God. It's a way to climb higher, and it has to do with water. Climb higher through feeling, through emotions, not being afraid to uh, feel, to emote, in a sense. Then, if we look on Tuesday, March seven is the actual full moon. It's happening in London in the middle of the day, so you can calculate where it is in your uh, time zone. But the sun opposite to Neptune uh, to uh, to um, the moon, and if I look at the Sabian symbol, it's a volcano erupting. Okay, uh, nice. So hopefully nothing uh, drastic is happening in that sense but at least the, the the image of that full moon is a mountain eruption eruption of a mountain you know a lot of uh, cities were built next to volcanoes because the um, earth is the soil is very it's full of fertility next to uh, um, funny enough next to volcanoes so That means maybe that there is a connection that day between earth and fire. That's what volcanoes are, earth and fire mix. Uh, So pay attention to not exploding, not erupting in a way. But also it could be that uh, certain things that seem to be very stable and secure are shaking and moving around. Uh, That's the full moon that we have on March 7. And as you can see on March 7, Saturn is 29 degrees, 59, just one more second, and it moves into Pisces. So March 7 is the original official time of uh, Saturn moving into Pisces and it's going to be there with Mercury, with the sun and with Neptune while the conjunction of Jupiter and Chiron is taking place. And again, we talked about that conjunction as a period of healing, a period of teaching, a period of connection to shamanism um, and the ability to fix your identity, to fix of what you want, who you are, because when you know who you are, you know where you are, you can decide where you want to be and where you could go. So that's a very important week for that. So it's a completion of certain process of healing and a beginning of a new one. So if we look at that day specifically, moon in Virgo, like we said, Tuesday, Wednesday will be very good for anything to do with work, health, diet, routine. If you want to cut something out of your life, one of the best times if you want to start a diet, actually, it's really good. The moon is waning, cutting things out of your life, cutting kilos. And March seven. Um Tuesday is the actual full moon of Purim. We'll talk about Purim, that ancient celebration, at least 2,000, uh, 18, 1,900 years old uh, celebration based on a story that happened 2,500 years ago. Uh, we'll talk about it um, in a second. But the idea is that that's the day of uh, the celebration, because remember, in Judaism, at least, the celebration, the holidays fall on the new moon or the full moon. And um, what else is happening that day? Yeah, the conjunction of Jupiter and Chiron. We talked about it on um, the day after, on March 8th, which is uh, Wednesday. The moon is still going to be in Chiron. There could be... Actually, there's not going to be any void, of course, because of uh, the moon uh, being at the end of Virgo, Pluto being at the end of Capricorn. He protects us from any kind of void, of course. But anyway... What we have is Saturn officially in Pisces. And remember what we talked about, that whenever a planet moves into a sign or out of a sign, its effect is much stronger. So we can expect Saturn in Pisces issues to start surfacing very, very strongly right now. And again, Pisces is... um, a toxic religiosity, if you can say. It is all about um, imagination, daydreaming, confusion, misunderstanding, hallucination, deception. It's also mysticism, intuition, gut feelings, anything to do with the ability to see things beyond the veil, whether it's other dimensions or other past lives. It is the sign of mysticism. It is the sign of... um, the collective unconsciousness. That's why there is no boundaries for Pisces. So uh, issues of boundaries, of issues of borders between countries will definitely be there. I told you also in the 2023 book, anything to do with cities by rivers, by lakes, by um, our cities on islands, everything has to do with water, droughts and earthquakes. Don't forget that uh, uh, Pisces, or Saturn is right now, is ruled by Neptune. Neptune was the god of um, earthquakes. So um, droughts, earthquakes, floods, all of those things very much relate to Saturn in Pisces. Uh, but I'll send you an email about it with some historical background ab- of uh, Saturn in Pisces. But the idea is that we have to learn to adjust to a new uh, weather, you can say, to a new season. And that is the season of Saturn in Pisces. So the next few months, really pay attention. We'll start doing it, of course, here. And we'll, pay it, uh, we'll, we'll look into uh, what's going on and how it's related to Saturn in Pisces because it is a little bit confusing because it's going to be very hard to tell what belongs to Saturn in Pisces and what belongs to Pluto leaving Capricorn into Aquarius because it's also a big movement of a planet. So uh, we'll check that out. But overall, uh, on Wednesday, the, the let's say the square between Mars and Neptune is getting stronger and tighter, which means it's getting more and more aggressive in that sense. Uh, and the conjunction of Jupiter and Chiron is closing on, and is going to be closest in uh, the win- in the weekend. If we look at the day after, on Thursday, the Moon is moving into Libra; it's the Moon of Peace. Um, there is a little bit of an opposition with relationships, so just be a little bit careful not to smother your partners or to try too much. Uh, there could be a little bit of conflict between family members and your partner. Um, just pay a little bit more attention because of the Venus opposite to the moon. But the moon in peace on um, went on Thursday, Friday, it's actually much better energy because it talks about some kind of connection to calmness it's the two of swords in the tarot card called peace so we're gonna have the moon in libra very good for healing relationships collaborating with people compromising finding diplomatic solutions it's very good for design colors beauty forming relationships and partnerships and remember if you want to follow the cycles of the moon you're going to move from uh, may from march 7 uh, for two weeks the whole process will be about releasing things, cutting things out. So if you know that you want to get rid of something or someone, that's a great time to do that. You want to overcome an issue by releasing it, that's a great time to do that. So again, when the moon is waning for the next two weeks, the whole process is to release, to let go. If you're thinking about in, out, it's much more going inward. It's more feminine in a sense. Now, besides that, The moon is sending anything specific. Yeah, the moon will be squaring a little bit of uh, Minerva. Um, There could be some issue with justice or some kind of issues with law, so just be a little bit more careful. And Venus opposite to Chiron could bring out insecurities or issues or wounds that have to do with home, family. Uh, You know, if you're a mother, you might feel uh, not, not, not good enough as a mother. If you're a family member, you might feel like you're not doing your job. There is a feeling of, again, these insecurities we talked about. Then on uh, March 10, which is a Friday, we're having the precise conjunction of Jupiter and Chiron. You can see 14 degrees. If they're meeting in 14 degrees Aries, the Sabian symbol is an Indian weaving a blanket, Um but what we have with Jupiter on top of Chiron is on that day specifically, especially because Vesta is so close by, it's a great deal for healing, especially any kind of traditional healing or healing that's more, I'm not saying aggressive, but more fiery, something that can really get things done. But the idea is that on um, Friday this week, maybe certain things will happen that will help you galvanize or crystallize or understand better what is your identity. What are you supposed to do in this lifetime? You know the I am is going to be very, very dominant in the next uh, uh, in this next week. So Friday, Saturday, there might be some synchronicities, coincidences that are supposed to help you heal your identity, help you rebrand yourself, reinvent yourself, become somebody new in a sense. That's because of the Jupiter on top of Kiron um, again, a perfect conjunction. And if we move towards um, a March 11, which is a Saturday, on Saturday we have the Moon moving into Scorpio, complete different energy. It's actually getting along much better with the Sun and Minerva. So we have in Saturday and Sunday, but more even in Sunday, a beautiful trine between Minerva, the goddess of wisdom, the Sun, your self-expression, and the Moon, which is your emotions and feelings. The Conjunction between Jupiter and Chiron is continuing, as well as the one with Vesta. Um, That's going to be throughout the weekend. Like I told you, this weekend is dedicated to understanding better, healing, and figuring out what is your identity and what is your desire. Desire, not in the negative way like Siddhartha or the Buddha talked about, but desire is what you crave for. So, again, Moon in Scorpio allows you to... Create magic. It allows you to transform. It allows you to draw out of the emptiness something, out of nothing something. So that's a pretty magical weekend, you can say, Saturday and Sunday with the moon in Scorpio. But it is all geared towards trying to fix you, to heal you. So there's a lot of transformation. There's a lot of emotional energy. There's a lot of intuition. And the sun is getting closer and closer to Neptune. It's going to hit it next week. Next week is going to be a very mystical week when the sun and Neptune meet together. Uh, in Pisces, so we're going to enjoy this. It happens once a year since 2012, but in a few years it's going to be done when Neptune is going to move also to Aries. Um, So that will be uh, one of the last years that we have this beautiful conjunction, so we should definitely um, use it, but that's going to be next week. The moon on Sunday is going to be staying in uh, Scorpio, and that's the peak of that trine. You can see in the, my chart very beautiful blue lines from Neptune to Pi- to the moon, from Na- Sun to the moon, from Minerva to Neptune and the Sun and the moon. You have a beautiful triangle of water. So it's a very beautiful day to spend next to water, to do activities in water, to connect to intuition, family, mysticism, anything that has to do with memories from past lifetimes. It's a really beautiful uh, great energy on Sunday and also the conjunction is continuing between Chiron and Jupiter even though it's getting a a little bit um Further away is basically separating from it, but still it's very, very dominant. So what we're going to have on uh, Sunday is Mercury almost conjunction with the sun, almost conjunction with Neptune. That's going to be more next week where we're going to have the communicator, Neptune. Sorry, communicating Mercury on top of the sun, who you are on top of Neptune, which is the mystical communicator. That will be all of next week. So next week is going to be a very powerful next week. I'm not talking about this week coming, but the week after. Uh, So let's say from um, uh, March 12 until March 19. So that's going to be a pretty magical, mystical week. This week, it's definitely the most important thing is the transition of Saturn into Pisces. And it is going to shake the boat uh, quite a lot in your personal life, in your life in general, just because this thing, again, is very, very rare. It happens once every 30 years that Saturn moves into Pisces. Last time it happened was... 1993, 94, and 95. So you can go back to that time and check to see what was going on uh, then in your life. So let's see um, what's happening. Uh, What did I prepare for you today? Yeah, about the uh, workshops. We have the Power of the Name on March 21st. It's going to be talking about your names. And especially I wanted to do it at that day because it's going to be the new moon in 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 Aries, and Aries' keyword is I am. It's going to be on the equinox, which is the first day of Aries. And uh, when I ask you who you are, usually you say I am, and then you say your name. So the idea behind your name is extremely important. We're going to talk about that. It's going to be a webinar, so you can join it. There's going to be a recording. And then we're going to have a special class on Kabbalah, a three-hour intensive class on March 31. It's going to be on uh, only 26 people. And we're going to talk about your wishes. So if you want to join, uh, please do it as soon as possible so we have space. And that's going to be also available on a recording. And if you are in L.A. on uh, May 19, I know it's pretty far, but we're going to talk about uh, numerology. And again, there's going to be a recording available as well. So um, let us look at... Yeah, this is the... This is the full moon that we're having in March 7. Just that you see it, um, moon is opposite to Neptune, moon is opposite to the sun, and that means basically a lot of intuition, a lot of psychic energy, a lot of downloads of dreams. So Tuesday, you know, Tuesday in Genesis was the only day that was given two times uh, That is, God said that it was good. So Tuesday is supposed to be a blessed day, and on that day we actually have that full moon the full moon in Virgo. And the full moon in Virgo is best portrayed by the celebration of Purim. I think it does totally make sense, astrologically speaking. Purim basically means lots, uh, like luck, like uh, mazal. Uh, Because the story of Purim, some of you might have known, it's one of the first indication of uh, a story about genocide. It is a scroll in the Bible, the scroll of Esther. Esther is is very much associated in Kabbalah with uh, the Shechina. That's one of the reasons why Madonna changed her name, or her Hebrew name was given to as Esther, Esther or Esther, Ashtara, Esther, uh, the star um, that. Stella Maris, all of that archetype of the feminine, the goddess in the Bible. So Estelle uh, is a scroll. It's a very short scroll. It's actually the only scroll in the Bible uh, that has no mention of the word God. So it's kind of interesting. The two scrolls that are uh, named after women and we suspect that could have been partially written by women, the, good, the the scroll of Ruth and the scroll of Esther, does not mention God. In the in the scroll of Estelle, of Ruth, Sorry, uh, God is mentioned kind of like it's like I would say, inshallah, or with the help of the good Lord, or God blessed you with this. And but he's not an actor; he's just kind of referred to in general terms. And in Esther, he's not even mentioned at all. That's why the uh, rabbis later on were freaking out. How did there? First of all, how there is a Bible book or scroll named after a woman? First of all, second of all. Why is God not mentioned there? So they started kind of thinking, oh, you know what? Uh, Probably the idea of uh, whenever it says a king in the scroll of Esther, it actually means God. It doesn't, of course, because whenever it means king, it means the king of Persia because that's the story about the king. But never mind. The idea about the, the story overall is that the Jews were in Persia. The Persian Empire is the one that took over Babylon. Remember uh, 586 BCE, Jerusalem is destroyed. The first temple destroyed. The Elita and the intelligentsia are taken into uh, custody in Babylon. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and cried. Remember Ezekiel 1, the beginning of Kabbalah, Maaseh Melkavah, the working of the chariot, the vision of the chariot coming to him. Anyway, they kind of got stuck there. And uh, later on, the Persian came over. And that's during the time of the Persian. And what happened there is that there is an interesting uh, scene where there is this guy who is the visor, his name is Haman, and he's walking in the street of Shushan, that was the capital, and everybody's supposed to bow to him, but Mordechai, one of the Jews, does not bow down because it is not allowed in Judaism to bow to anything besides God. So he got really upset with him. They find out that he's part of this clan, these people called Jews, and that they're all over the empire. And then Haman decides, you know what, this is a good time for genocide. Uh, He basically decides that to punish him, he needs to punish his whole people. So then he decides to draw some lots to see what would be the most auspicious time to kill all of the Jews. And he finds that it will be on the full moon of Adar. Adar is one of the month, uh, which is happening right now, full moon. Adar, whenever you see a a date in Judaism or the Bible or in the ancient world where they really kept the calendar according to the moon, if it says 14, 15, you know that it's in the middle of the month, therefore it is a full moon. So they basically cast lots, lots is Purim, and they decided the best time to kill the Jews is going to be on that full moon, which kind of makes sense. It's a full moon. It's an end of something. But um, the interesting thing is that their way of um, execution was very clever. They basically told the people, you know, if you kill a Jew, you can take his money. So that would be very easy. The people will just go around and kill uh, the Jews and take their money. It's kind of a great way to, I mean, the final solution uh, for... um, was much more efficient, I guess, than uh, the one that the Nazis even thought thought about. But anyway, what happened eventually is that this uh, plan does not work very well because one of the uh, queens of uh, Ahasuerus, the king, the, the king of the Persians, or the emperor of the Persians, whatever you want to call it, it, was Esther, and she managed to... Um, uh, basically she managed to overcome this she persuaded the king that this is not the best thing that haman is actually the one that wants to uh get rid of the kingdom and the king and blah blah blah. At the end of the day everything was fine not so fine for some of the persian because uh it says actually in the scroll of estelle that the jews went on a rampage of uh revenge and they killed thousands of people that's uh not very nice that's actually in the in the scroll, I remember I took one friend a long time ago to the synagogue in Purim, and everybody were reading together the um, the uh, scroll because that 's what you 're supposed to do in Purim and then suddenly, we got to the part where the Jews went and started creating a genocide to the locals and I was like, um, "I guess this is not very politically correct uh, book like some of the books in the Bible, but anyway. Uh, there was uh, this element of revenge. So because of that celebration, it's a celebration that is always taking place on Pisces, Sun, and Moon in Virgo. So it has to do with that. And the idea is that it combines these two archetypes. From Pisces, we have that energy of celebration, uh, helping um, uh, generosity towards... uh, um, Even sometimes from the 15th century, because the whole... Wearing costume uh, in uh, Purim is a new addition. It's probably influenced by Halloween. It's from the 15th, 16th century in Venice. They started wearing that. Maybe it's also influenced by the Roman carnival celebration of you know the costumes that they had in Venezia still uh, these days. So from the 15th century, it was uh, some. It started getting getting into the custom of uh, wearing costumes, especially for kids, because the whole idea of that celebration or that Purim is to be merry, to be happy. And the way it's celebrated is that one day before the full moon, which is today, tomorrow... Uh, There is a fast, it's called Ta'anit, Ta'anit Esther, it's the fast of Esther, because when the Jews found out that they're going to be killed and assassinated by other people around them, you know, because the lots were telling them when the dates of their death will be, you know, it will be a few months ahead, six months ahead or so. So they had time to mourn, and part of the way for them to beg for God for forgiveness or whatever is to fast. They fasted for three days. So the celebration of Purim begins with one day before the full moon of fasting, that's very Virgo Virgo is that monk that does me right uh, all of the um uh, detox that is related to Virgo fasting uh, that's part of that Virgo also part of the celebration in vir in uh, Purim is uh to give um, alimony to give, not alimony, to give elms to the poor, so it's a, a celebration, it's a time where you have to do a lot of uh, gift exchange uh, that has to do with uh, Mishloach not uh, that's very Pisces energy, to ex- exchange gifts to, to c- celebrate uh, to, um, to make noise to kind of be in a party to dress up in costumes, that's very Pisces, and the Virgo is all about the um, fast that you do one before, and it's also an interesting Thing it tells us that first there is uh, pain and then comes the joy. You know, first comes the darkness and out of the darkness come light. And it's also a time of donating to charity, especially matanot laevyonim. Evyonim means the poor. Matanot means gifts. And that's why I really recommend during this full moon to maybe donate again, whether you're uh, donating to the uh, to, to Ukraine or to Turkey or to Syria with the um, uh, earthquakes that they have there. Whatever it is that you can help out during this period, this next week, especially on the 7th, will be great, considering the fact that Saturn, the Lord Karma, is moving into Pisces. It's another initiative, another way for you maybe to burn away any kind of negative karma. So again, on the full moon, This week, really try to um, give elms or or matanot. Matanot is gifts, lav yonim, to the poor people or to whoever needs a a gift. And a gift doesn't have to be that you're giving money to people who don't have money. Maybe you're giving attention to people who don't have attention. Maybe you're calling a friend that um, needs some kind of help. So a, a gift to people who are in need doesn't have to only be about money and about poor people. Anything else? Yeah, Saturn moving into Pisces, March 7, 2023 until February 13. I'm going to send you an email about that uh, from some excerpts from my book and some editions. But I just wanted to um, one word about uh, or let's say two words of Saturn in Pisces is practical mysticism. Pisces is all about intuition, mysticism, uh, dreams, fantasy, and all of those things when Saturn comes into Pisces need to be pragmatic, need to be practical. Now, Saturn in Pisces is an interesting combination because Saturn is the most skeptical of all aspects and Pisces the most gullible and believable. So what we have is the ability to combine together the here and now, plan, strategy, grounding energy with Pisces, which is intuition, mysticism, and imagination. It's the ability to practically use your imagination. And I always tell people, go back to the last time Saturn was in Pisces, see what was going on around that time. We're talking about 93, 94, 95, that time, or 64, 65, 66, even 67. Try to see what was going on then in your life, and try to identify patterns. And maybe you'll get uh, precisely what Saturn wants from you. But if you're in Aries, your clan are experiencing Saturn in the 12th house, which is the house of letting go. So for Aries this year, it, next three years, it is about releasing, cutting things out. By the way, that's one of the reasons why I stopped uh, eating sugar, because I knew it's coming. Uh, and I wanted to have some kind of a sacrifice that I gave for me. It was a big deal. So anything that you can offer and as an Aries... Uh, to the, and again, if you're an Aries rising, same thing. So Aries and Aries rising. All of the signs we're talking about now is your sun sign, but also your path sign. So you can do both of them. So Aries is about letting go, cutting things out. And yes, there is an element of suffering right now. There is an element of um, uh, having to deal with the underdogs, jails, asylums, hospitals, And it is a time of reconnecting to past lives. There's going to be a lot of deja vus, a lot of uh, memories that are downloaded, skills, gifts, languages from past life. For Taurus, it's about communities, people, groups, organizations, friendships. It is a time to really figure out what do you want to achieve uh, in life, not necessarily in goals, but more because the place where Saturn is going to move for Tauruses or Taurus rising is, a, is is an area in your life where you can actually manifest your wishes. You can actually create things in your life. But the important thing is to look into your community, to look into your companies, to be a little bit careful with governments, permits, large corporations, large organizations, just to be a little bit more careful. So if you always take a little bit of, um, I don't know... um. Chocolate with mushrooms on your trips to other countries, you know, when it's illegal. Be a little bit careful now if you're a tourist because the 11th house could be issues with governments, okay? Gemini have to focus on their career. There might be major changes in their career. Uh, you might feel a little bit stuck with your career. If you like your career, maybe there's going to be overload. Or if you don't like your career, this is one of the best time in 30 years to make big changes in your career. But you might feel more blocks there or more challenges, or feeling karma. What is karma? Action and reaction. So actions that you might have taken in the past might have a reaction where in your career. So always, all the signs, this is where you need to think about it, is that action and reaction. What does that mean? That means that, for example, if we talked about Gemini in their house of career, then a lot of past action are going to be now projected or seen in your career, or actions that you're now taking in your career can generate immediate reaction, immediate karma. So that's why that area is very sensitive, depends on your sign. So for cancers, it's going to be more about higher education, learning, teaching, traveling. So cancers don't like to travel, they want to be home. Now they're asked to be Traveling, to boldly go where no cancer has gone before, to try uh, to go to places that they've never been before. The great time for a new language, a new skill. It's a great time to connect to foreigners, multinational corporations. If you always wanted to teach or to learn, this is a perfect time to do that. So for cancers, uh, all their karma, action, reaction and cancer rising is all about the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. It also could be some issues with justice and law. For Leo, it's sexy time. It's the eighth house. It's the house of uh, sexuality, intimacy, transformation. So Leos are going through a lot of shedding, a lot of cocooning, a lot of transformation right now. Again, it is a time that they have to focus on production, other people's money, other people's talents. That's going to be for the next three years. It's really trying to figure out what is your passion? What do you really want? Uh, it's also the house of the occult and magic. So that's why uh, there is so much energy of transformation for for the lions. Virgo is all about relationship because Virgo is the opposite sign of Pisces. If Saturn is in Pisces, of course, it creates a mirror to Virgo. So Virgos are going to be having to look at themselves in the mirror very strongly. And it also is a time where for Virgos, it's going to be marriage and divorce. A lot of Virgos are going to get married. A lot of them get divorced. Some of get divorced to get married. A lot of them get married to get divorced. So it's going to be a lot of... um, Focusing on partnerships, relationship, justice, fairness, law, maybe even having to encounter some of your enemies or deal with your enemies. For Libra, it's about work, health, diet, routine, really trying to figure out uh, what is the best line of work for them. Organizing their life, changing things that have to do with um, how they manage their day to day. For Libra, it's also going to be figuring out what is my service and changing the way I serve other people or how I'm served by people. Could be some issues with health, there could be some issues with employees, coworkers. For Scorpio, it's about the fifth house, the house of love, happiness, creativity, children. So if Scorpios want to get pregnant or want to have kids, if they want to have a child of the mind, projects that are like your babies. But it's really talking about trying to figure out how you can be happier. The pursuit of happiness is very important for Scorpio in the next three years. And Sagittarius, it's all about home and family. So yeah, Sagittarius loves to travel, but now they're they're told that they have to be Uh, Grounded, They have to be a homebody now. Sagittarius is all about real estate, home, family, dealing with family karma, ancestral karma, even if it comes to genetic or epigenetics. It is a time of relocation, maybe um, renovation, fixing the relationships uh, between family members. For Capricorn, it's about business, anything to do with communication. You're trying to recreate your infrastructure of communication. You can say that this is a great time for writing, for speaking your mind. So pay attention a little bit more to the power of the word. Uh, Also, there could be some issue with relatives, siblings, neighbors, roommates, uh, and contracts. So the key word here is logos, the power of the word. For Aquarius, it's all about money, talents, and self-worth. So this could be a change in the way you make money or how you look at your talents. Maybe it's a time to invest in your talents, invest money, invest time, invest uh, belief, invest faith. So for Aquarius, it is three years of figuring out how you can make money, how you can change the way you make money. And don't forget that Pluto is also moving into your sign. So there's definitely a lot of transition with who you are, as well as how you can make money or how you can share your gifts. And because Saturn is in Pisces, for Pisces, it's about Everything. So for Pisces, it's going to be about every aspect of their life because Saturn is going to be in their sign. So that means issues with father figures and figures <clears throat> of authority having to work with their body, their, ta- their um, path in life. It's as if uh, Saturn is the contractor and he's coming to redo the highway that Pisces has been using for 30 years. So it's like renovation in all aspects of their life. So for Pisces, it can be a little bit heavy and you are forced to really change who you are and have to deal with yourself. So it's again, not the easiest time for Pisces, but it is a time of a great deal of change. So, um, what's on my shirt, um, on my shirt, sorry, on my shirt, there is a heart. I don't know if you can see a heart, a heart with a lot of explanation. Um, A lot of explanation of how the heart works. I'm starting to figure it out. So I needed it close to me. Uh, So you guys can hear me. Yeah, I saw that. If there's any questions, um, what are the predictions about the earthquakes in Turkey? I mean, the predictions are that they already happened. Um, I don't think there is any. I haven't heard of any predictions of... uh, uh, earthquake. I mean, yes, we talked about it, and I, I think that I sent it in one of the emails that in the book of 2023, I actually mentioned that earthquakes are going to be very, very intense because of this uh, uh, emphasis of Saturn in Pisces. So uh, that's because of Neptune being the god of earthquakes. So. Hopefully, I mean, the earth is always going to be shaking. The questions of how much people will die does not depend on the earth. It depends on other issues that uh, most of you are aware of already. Well, thank you. Um, People ask if this video is going to be saved. Yeah, on Instagram, it's going to be posted. And if you guys uh, signed on Zoom, you'll get uh, the recording of it. Thanks a lot for uh, making it. Uh, Good luck. Feel healthy. Feel happy uh, allow Saturn to do his work and then it goes easier. So thanks a lot for spending this Sunday with me or if you're hearing it on a Monday, I'm, I'm OK with Monday as well. And uh, have a great week and a great time of Saturn in um, Pisces.